Head over to Hulu this March, where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long. Catch the acclaimed movie All of Us Strangers, starring Paul Mescal and Andrew Scott. Stream the new Hulu original limited series, We Were the Lucky Ones, with Joey King and Logan Lerman. And don't forget about Grey's Anatomy. Every Grey's episode ever is now streaming on Hulu. So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu. Hello and welcome to Extra Time, a web-only program from Radio New Zealand Sport. I'm Joe Porter. This week, an investigation is launched into Cycling New Zealand after an outgoing coach is accused of bullying and inappropriate behaviour. The Wellington Phoenix named their new coach as they stare down the barrel of A-League oblivion. All-black Damien McKenzie has his eyes on the prize. Pole vaulter Eliza McCartney keeps breaking records. And we pay tribute to legendary New Zealand runner Dick Quacks. High Performance Sport New Zealand will launch an investigation into the circumstances surrounding the departure of Cycling New Zealand coach Anthony Pedden. Pedden stepped down on Wednesday, citing a difference in approach with Cycling New Zealand as the main reason, despite just finishing a successful Commonwealth Games campaign and just two years before the Tokyo 2020 Olympics. However, TVNZ reported the coach was at the centre of allegations of bullying and also involved in an inappropriate relationship with an athlete. High Performance Sport New Zealand says they could and should have done more with information they had relating to Peden and are investigating. Clay Wilson spoke to HPSNZ boss Michael Scott, who says the investigation should begin shortly. We are anticipating having the, the terms of reference uh, uh, completed and agreed to next week, uh, and then we need to, to uh, go through the process of who is going to conduct the investigation. So all that will be known within the next week. You sent a statement out yesterday. In that statement, you mentioned that uh, HPSNZ could have and should have done more. Can I ask you to expand on why you use those particular words in terms of yeah. could have and should have done more? Yeah. Um, well, I believe as an organisation, uh, it's really important that we focus on our people, our processes and our actions. Uh, and and primarily because our role is to give athletes the best possible chance of success and I expect this organisation to treat with the utmost seriousness any matter uh, that may be a threat to our athlete welfare. You mentioned also that you had information that you should have used differently. What do you mean by that? Um, Well, I I guess I first became aware of this matter in early May uh, and uh, immediately contacted the Chief Executive of Cycling U. New Zealand. Um, he then obviously has taken action as a result of, of my contact. Um, but uh, there were uh, staff in the organisation uh, that uh, um, had elevated the information previously uh, and there was no action taken. So when you became aware of it in May, what, what information were you made aware of? What were the details surrounding what you knew at that time? Um, I was made uh, aware of the allegation relating to a a relationship with an athlete. Was there anything mentioned in terms of bullying behaviour, inappropriate behaviour of that nature? It's obviously been reported along those lines. Uh, Not at that time. But subsequent to that, I have uh, heard secondhand, obviously, uh, those other allegations. You obviously can't speak and don't want to speak for Cycling New Zealand, but... In terms of them being made aware, was the open communication between 
both parties at all times in terms of they were aware of the same things that you guys were aware of at similar times? That's that's what I would like uh, the investigation uh, to to uh, consider. Um, what was known when and by who, and how was it elevated in particular within High Performance Sport New Zealand? You mentioned staff, certain staff knew of of certain complaints or things that had been brought to light. How far back did this go? How long did people know about what was going on here or uh, pot- yeah. potentially going on here? Yeah. At this stage, I, you know, I don't know all the facts and the information, and that's why I believe we need to undertake the investigation uh, to get all the information so that we can make informed decisions on how we improve our practices and processes in the future. There seems to be a lot of focus uh, at the moment on mental health, depression, particularly the workplace and sport as well. Is that why this is of particular concern to you as well? Does that add to this, that there's a lot of focus around this and, and the impact of you know, bullying and, and how that can influence a person or people? Look, uh, athlete welfare, well-being is a top priority. Um, and as I, I've mentioned several times during the course of this interview, there is absolutely no place for bullying in high-performance sport. So um, uh, we want a a high-performing, robust, uh, you know, successful uh, system for New Zealand, but bullying has no absolute place, and we must put athlete welfare at the forefront. High-performance sport New Zealand boss Michael Scott speaking to Clay Wilson. The Wellington Phoenix have named Australian Mark Rudan as their new head coach on a two-year contract, and he'd better produce some results fast. The struggling club has been without a permanent coach since March when Daria Kalizic left, less than a season into his contract. Rudan captained Sydney FC to the A-League title in 2006 before coaching at lower levels in Australia in anticipation for a role of this calibre. A couple of years is all that's left before the Phoenix licence expires and Rudan must make sure they start winning as it's likely the only way their licence will be renewed. That's a lot of pressure for a man who has no A-League coaching experience. I love a challenge, so I certainly am up for the challenge. Um, I'm embracing the challenge, and you know, when it comes to metrics and all the rest of it, I'm not bothered about that. All I know is that I'm here to, to, to coach a football club and to win games at the same time to change things here, uh, and that's what I'm going to be working extremely hard to do. So um, looking forward to the challenge. And finals as a minimum, you said before? Yeah, that's as far as I'm concerned. I believe it's a, it's a, it's a minimum. I mean, the, the, the club owner and, and the board have asked me the same sort of question and and I, I believe that that should be a target um, but again there is no ceiling you know I don't want to put a ceiling on my players or you know um, they're going to be filled with a lot of belief and a lot of confidence that's what I'm like as a person um, they'll be given some honest truths as well in terms of their deficiencies and what they need to work on what they need to improve uh, individually collectively and, and everybody else around me I'm, you know I want them to I want them to challenge each other uh, and I'll certainly I certainly want to be challenged as well by my staff and so yeah, it's, it's exciting times ahead but certainly um, you know to try and create a winning culture uh, and, and improvement is going to be extremely, extremely important in all fronts. Not to be cynical, but what did you do to convince the board, the owners, as a coach, that you were here for the reasons for the Phoenix and you're passionate about helping this club rather than just using the club as a platform as your first daily job, as a platform to bigger and better things and not necessarily caring about the future of the club? Yeah, that's an interesting question. It's uh, it's almost as though you're, you're making it out to be about me when it's not about me. I mean, it's... Uh, 
I, I can't exactly recall or remember everything. I mean, I, I got questioned about a lot of things by a lot of different people at the football club. Um, this is not about myself and my first opportunity in the A-League. I'm a coach. I've been coaching for six years at, a, at a, what I believe is a very, pretty strong level. This is a professional. I work as a professional in a semi-professional environment. This is uh, working as a professional in a professional environment. That's the only difference that I see. Um, it's, like I said, it's not about me. This, this, is, this is about the football club. This is about uh, the qualities that I can bring to this football club as a coach and, and as a leader or as a, someone that looks at where this football club's at right now and, and, and the areas it needs to improve and, more importantly, how I'm going to be going about improving those areas as well. Like I said, I'm not going to go come to tell you a whole lot of things about how I'm going to do that. I've got my own ways of doing that. Um, and, uh, and, we, and we will start very, very quickly. Last one from me. What's the most important signing for you? Do you need a, a big-name goal scorer? What, I don't, what is the uh, area you're most yeah, lacking? There's, there's, no, there's no... I don't place importance on one more than the other. You know, We, we need to have a look at a couple of you know uh, staff requirements. We have to uh, obviously fill half a team. You know, the roster there's only half, you know, half four at the moment as well. They're all important, you know, from deciding uh, what times we train to deciding. You know, they're all important decisions I've got to make. So I, I can't tell you right now that one's more important than any other. Fair though to say that in the last couple of seasons, you would have noticed that the Phoenix have created a fair amount of chances, but not necessarily been able to put them away. It's true. That's why I touched on the you know the front three. When you look at young Singh as well, you can throw him into the mix with Krishna and, and Burns here. I mean, it's as exciting front line as you're going to get in the A League. It's about uh, using them properly in the way you set your team up. Um, they're going to be extremely valuable and important. You know, I dare say with the amount of pace and guile and smarts that they've got about them and experience, um, they're going to be used properly. But I do want to bring in another striker that can, um, you know, compensate what their skill sets and, 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 and can work off uh, those type of players. So I'll be looking for someone a little bit different um, in that area uh, to complement them, basically. But. Um, but certainly that's an area that we need to improve, right? It's not off through a lack of uh, goals uh, trying to, to score because no player goes out there not wanting to, but certainly uh, we need to actually start finishing some of those chances off as well. But, you know, there's a, there's a lot of improvement. You know, the other, on the other side of things, the, the club's leaked a lot of goals and we're going to stop that. The Wellington Phoenix new coach, Mark Rudan. All Black Utility Damien McKenzie says he's relishing the chance at first five. The 23-year-old is part of the All Blacks mini-camp in Christchurch this week, ahead of the France Test Series this month. While there's been some contention about how disruptive the camps are to Super Rugby franchises, McKenzie doesn't see it that way and believes his time in the number 10 jersey for the Chiefs will make him a better All Black. Obviously I've learned a lot. It's um, a lot different role. Uh, a lot more different roles for 15. Just, uh, you're more... Uh, uh, leader of the team and you, you get the team around the park. So yeah, it's been a bit of a bit of a change, but you're like I'm really enjoying it and the guys I've got around me up with the my super franchise has been really great and then you come in here and you you learn more every day so it's been awesome. Is the biggest change being the list you know, having to be the eyes of the team and the voice, is that something that you really Yeah, there's um it's been a, a big change. I guess fifteen's a bit more sp- free spirited in how you play and ten you gotta be a bit smarter so um yeah, it's been a bit of a difference from uh, previous years. Have you told Shag that yep, if you needed a team for the test, you were ready to go? Is it? Like I said, I'm happy to go wherever. I'm, I'll go where I'm put, so um, yeah, it's, uh, I'll go where I'm put. Yeah. Okay. Just on the detail of the French, have the, the coaches actually sit, sat down with you and showed you some footage of you know what to expect from them and their plays? Yeah, I guess for us and, and, and these um, few camps we've had, it's about um, focusing more on us and working on um, what we need to put on the park moving forward to the French. So you said you haven't done any um, More looking at us. 
Yeah. So there's been quite a lot of talk about the, the camps and the enforced breaks. How do you feel about that as a player? Yeah, it's fine for myself. I guess, like you said, we're juggling the super and and ABs as well. So I guess you know when we come in here, it's about our main focus is on the what we need to do for the All Blacks, and then once we we finished our camps, we're back with our super franchises and we switch into that mode as well. And so you came out strong at the weekend. Do you think the enforced breaks helped you there? Was that a good thing? Yeah, I guess we got a week off. Boys still being in South Africa, so um, get you a bit fresh for the for the following game uh, that we had in the weekend, which was nice. Damien McKenzie. And this is Extra Time, a web-only programme from Radio New Zealand Sport. New Zealand pole vaulter Eliza McCartney believes her recent success on the Diamond League is a sign of things to come. McCartney broke the New Zealand and Oceania women's record at the Diamond League meeting in Eugene, Oregon, with a jump of 4.85 metres on her way to second place behind American Jen Sur. An ongoing Achilles tendon injury has plagued McCartney for over 12 months, but she now believes she's on the other side and is capable of even greater heights. She told RNZ's John Campbell that she knew a big jump had been in the works for some time. A lot of my jumps, I get a really big clearance over them, but I'm not always um, exactly over the bar, so I often get a big clearance and I come straight down onto the bar. Um, and I've done that so many times recently. I did that at the Commonwealth Games a lot, and so I was a little bit disappointed with jumping how I jumped there because it just, I knew I had the height, I just wasn't getting it in the right spot. So this is the first competition I've done in a while where I've actually got that right. And um, even though I was really tired by that point, I, was, I still had, I was still able to keep jumping at a high level like that. So that was also another good thing as well. Yeah, I, I want to talk about the tiredness because you'd flown there, you'd banged your elbow, you'd you spiked yourself. And so uh, <laughs> I mean, this is pretty tough physical stuff, isn't it? <laughs> really, I mean, I was bleeding and I had bruises, and I've been dealing with um, a couple of training niggles. Anyway, the man who broke Dick Quack's um, New Zealand record over five thousand metres, Adrian Blinko, says the late. It was actually really. The man who broke Dick Quack's New Zealand record over five thousand metres, Adrian Blinko, says the late runner was one of the country's so great athletes. Quack died earlier this week after a long battle with cancer. Alongside Sir John Walker and Rod Dixon, Quack's was a prominent figure in what was a golden era. Alongside Sir John Walker and Rod Dixon, Quacks was a prominent figure in what was a golden era for New Zealand distance running in the 1970s. He claimed a silver medal in the 5,000 metres at the 1970. Blinko told RNZ's Clay Wilson he remembers the moment he beat Quacks' record well and not for the reason he might have Adrian Blinko speaking to Clay Wilson. And that's the show for this week. Feedback is welcome via email at sport at radionz.co.nz and you can get the latest sports news on our website or by following us on social media. Until next week, I'm Joe Porter. Bye for now. The more competitions I do, the better I'm going to be in competition. Um, I mean, I've, I still haven't done that many diving leagues, um, so I still feel like I'm learning a lot in mm, that regard mm. and, and how to travel and be on the circuit. So, yeah, it's, I mean, I'm still, I, I still feel quite young and inexperienced in a lot of these competitions, so they're, everyone's great confidence booster. Yeah. But the wonderful thing about being young and inexperienced, and, of course, you're being modest there because you're gaining experience at a rate of knots, but... 
you still <laughs> you still ooze hope and possibility, and that's a fantastic position to approach competition from, isn't it? Oh, exactly. Yeah, that's a really exciting thing. Is that even though I'm jumping high now, it's obvious that there's still more there. Yeah, <laughs> really, really an amazing place to be. You know, yeah. I know I haven't maxed out. I know I've got years ahead of me, and that I think that's the uh, that's just the best thing I could hope for. Really, so I've got. Um, the whole season ahead of me and I've got a lot of time to go back to a longer run-up now and um, try and push boundaries in that regard and hopefully get on a much bigger pole so I can jump even higher. So it's, there's so many things to keep working on, which is just the most exciting thing of all. Eliza McCartney speaking to John Campbell. The man who broke Dick Quacks's New Zealand record over 5,000 metres, Adrian Blinko, says the late runner was one of the country's great athletes. Quacks died earlier this week after a long battle with cancer. Alongside Sir John Walker and Rod Dixon, Quacks was a prominent figure in what was a golden era for New Zealand distance running in the 1970s. He claimed a silver medal in the 5,000 metres at the 1976 Olympic Games in Montreal and claimed the now-beaten world record in the same discipline the following year. In later life, Quacks was a city councillor in Auckland and had two unsuccessful tilts at the Manuko Meralty and twice stood unsuccessfully for the Act Party. Quax's 5,000 metres New Zealand record stood for 31 years before Blinko betted it in 2008. Blinko told RNZ's Clay Wilson he remembers the moment he beat Quax's record well, and not for the reason you might expect. Back in 2008 when I was back here doing a bit of racing and I was in probably the best, best shape of my life, I remember cheekily telling him that his record, it was about time uh, that his New Zealand 5,000 metre record uh, needed needed to go and felt like I could have a good crack at it that summer and, and managed to shave a couple of seconds off the record and it was um, it was one of the first texts that I received was from an unknown number uh, in, in New Zealand and it was, was from Dick uh, congratulating me on, on getting that record and that's, that's really stuck in my mind because it was an odd um, time at, probably in New Zealand and, and, and he took the time out to, to congratulate me on on my achievement and breaking his record. Yeah, what did it mean to you to break that record? Because it obviously stood for a long time. Yeah, it was the it was the target really because it was uh, the, the New Zealand record. Once upon a time, it was the world record, and it was from one of the greats. So when you look back at the kind of pantheon of New Zealand distance running, when I was growing up, it was. John Walker, Rod Dixon, Dick Quacks, those were the guys because we had pretty lean period through the through the 90s. So it was the, the guys from the 80s that you'd look back on and want to emulate their achievements. So um, it, it meant a whole lot to, to get that record. And I know Nick Willis and, and myself and other athletes of kind of our era, we, we looked up to those guys immensely. What did it say that he ran that time back then? You know, you ran that time in, was it 2008, did you say? Yeah, 2008. So, I mean, just how good was that time? Um, Obviously, it was a world record, but, you know, with all the advances in professional sport and the things you were doing at college and those sorts of things, to run that time back then is a pretty immense achievement, obviously. Oh, yeah, I mean, it was phenomenal. When I I did it, I think I was, I might have finished 11th uh, in, in the race and we've got total long by uh, a bunch of Kenyans and, and Ethiopians to, to set the record and he was out front doing it himself and just shows the calibre of of Dick and the fact that he could Olympic medal and, 
and break world records. And it was in the 70s where you know, the, the times were coming down quickly and it was it was very, very competitive and he was right up the front leading, leading the charge. He obviously won silver and didn't get that gold. I mean, for you as a up-and-coming runner or someone you know who's been part of the New Zealand running history now, has that had any effect on his legacy? You seemed like he, he mentioned it, it irked him a little bit at times, but um, you know you obviously still consider him right up there amongst the, the, the likes of, like you say, Dixon and Walker and Snell and those guys. Yeah, I mean, it's an Olympic medal and an Olympic medal, and um, yeah, the, the, the gold medalist certainly... Uh, they sh- shine a little brighter in the memory of, of the public, but a uh, silver medal is a, an in- incredible achievement and that'll be part of his legacy. But of all those guys, he probably gave back to the sport the most. He was the most prominent uh, domestically in New Zealand. He was at all the kind of local Auckland cross-country races over the years and uh, running meets in the past, like I said, like the Smoke Free or the Mali series, which really gave a lot of us young athletes a, a taste of um, international athletics from the athletes that they brought down from America and Australia. And he was leading that along with uh, another Olympic medalist who, who passed away, John Davies. So those guys, in, in my mind, um, in terms of the legacy they leave, they've, they've had as much impact as, as the gold medal winners. Adrian Blinko speaking to Clay Wilson. And that's the show for this week. Feedback is welcome via email at sport at radionz.co.nz and you can get the latest sports news on our website or by following us on social media. Until next week, I'm Joe Porter. Bye for now. Botox Cosmetic, out of botulinum toxin A, FDA approved for over 20 years. So talk to your specialist to see if Botox Cosmetic is right for you. For full prescribing information, including boxed warning, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. Remember to ask for Botox Cosmetic by name. To see for yourself and learn more, visit BotoxCosmetic.com. That's BotoxCosmetic.com.